Hello, and welcome back to Good Theology from Good Books. I'm Andrew Bryant. And I'm Asher Cable. And this is the podcast of First Baptist Church of Sedalia. Um, we're glad that you joined us today, or, well, I guess for us it's afternoon, isn't it? Okay. This afternoon, or wherever you are what in you know the timeline. Um, today we're going back to the Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. What are we discussing today? Today we're on um, a topic near and dear to my heart, which is discipleship. Mm. Discipleship. Um, so we, we just talked about discipline last time, church discipline, which is like treating um, pe- members who are living in in sin or error um, with exclusion. Um so that they will come to repentance. Um, this now we're talking about Christians who aren't living in <laughs> in blatant sin or error. Um, what do we do with those? Hmm. We don't exclude them. So what do we do? We got to include them. <laughs> yeah, inclusion. Um, so that that's the topic of today: discipling. Um, the word disciple, pretty straightforward. Um, it's somebody who follows somebody else's not just teaching but life way of life mm. um here we are um talking about discipling well would that what would that be asher discipling I, that would be the process of teaching or leading someone to live or mimic um you or a certain way yeah yeah so a lot of times people will say mimic jesus and that's that's true yeah but what's interesting is um you remember Paul said, imitate me as uh, I imitate, imitate Christ. Christ. And Paul, he met he met the risen Lord, you know, on the road to Damascus. But he didn't meet him in person like the other apostles did, right? Hmm. They didn't, they, he didn't spend three years in Jesus' ministry with, without understanding fully what was going on like the other disciples did. So his imitation of Christ is unique. It's unique in that he he didn't see Jesus like Peter did. Um, and yet he's able to say imitate Paul as Paul imitates Christ. And the same is, should be true of us. So we should be able to say imitate Asher as Asher imitates Christ. Um, or at and, least in as much as I imitate Christ. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, so we're going to do that. I mean, that's the, the nature of the beast. People copy other people. That's what we do. Did you know your the way that you walk is learned and you learn it from a particular place? If you had to guess where it comes from, where did you think it would come from? My parents? Your dad. Yeah, your dad in particular. Hmm. You learn to walk in a particular way by watching your da- how your dad walks. I didn't know that. So um, we, we innately copy. That's what we do as humans. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, and in, in this, what we want to talk about, the books that I'm going to give you today are about how we intentionally do this, either intentionally choose people to copy us or intentionally, you know, copy others or teach people how to copy others, that kind of thing. Um, the first one is the obvious one. Um, nine marks building healthy churches series discipling. Um, I have extra copies of this all the time because I think it's so helpful. 
Um, one of the things he lays out is the e- the ease at which we should be engaging in discipleship relationships. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be challenging. So if you're a plumber or a electrician or a landscape artist, I don't know, um, whatever it is that you do, you don't have to think of yourself just in those categories mm-hmm. because in Christ we're all we're all Christians. We're all imitators of Christ. So don't don't think of yourself lowly. Um, I, I, I get run into this a lot with older women in particular. Mm. They're like, well, I don't want to disciple a young lady because I, I just wouldn't be good at that. That's false. That is mm. pay, that's painful here because you're you've lived a life. You have experiences and it's not special. You don't have to be a good teacher to be a disciple or a disciple maker. All you have to be is available. That's it. So here's what we do. Um, according to discipling and some other resources that I'll give you, what we do is we aim at Christ with our behavior and we aim at others during our behavior. So we aim at Christ with our behavior. That means we're trying to imitate him. And while we're doing that, we invite people along to alongside us to watch, to be with you, you don't even have to make it formal. It can be informal. So that means, he, he mentions in discipling, uh, invite your single neighbor to go to the Walmart with you when you have to go. Mm. Invite single mom, or not single moms, but moms who are at home by themselves with the kids. You know, Invite a young lady during the summer when they're not in school. Invite her over. Just have her hang out for the day. This is what discipling is. It's a willingness to engage with people outside of our regular connections and we just invite them into our lives why do you i want to go back real quick to something you said why mm-hmm. do you think there's that disconnect of i i can't be a good disciple because of x y or z what what do you think causes that and is it a form of they have a wrong view of what it is to disciple people yeah i think it is i think it's i think what it the main problem is, is this concept of expertise. Hmm. Like they think, oh, I'm not equipped to do that. I'm not an expert. I'm not like a spiritual expert in prayer. So I, I you know, I don't want to teach somebody to pray. I just screw them up. Hmm. I understand that thinking, but it's foreign to the scriptures. Prayer is not magic. <laughs> you don't have to. How do you pray? It's real simple. You just talk to God and tell him what it is that you're thinking and tell them how you're feeling and you it's a posture more than it is an action you know so when we're talking about discipling you don't have to be the guru that's not what we're talking about you're not an expert Hmm. you don't have to be an expert all you have to be is available Hmm. yeah something that i i was kind of thinking about and you can let me know if i'm off base here but discipling seems to be much more of a this is a way of life that you should strive Mm -hmm. to live in Versus as maybe what they're thinking of is a more um, theological, you might yeah. say, understanding. We're like, ah, well, I'm not an expert in this. You know, I don't know this much. How could I do that? Where um, it might be as simple being a making a disciple might be as simple as, hey, come over to our house and watch how we have fellowship with our family yeah. and how we cook and clean yeah. and how, how just normal life looks. That's right. And you don't even have to say that, by the way. You don't have to say, come watch us. That's weird. You're well, I mean, I, of yeah. course you want to actually say that, <laughs> but you get what I'm right. saying. Um, I'm going to play off that because there's another book here I have in front of me. It's relatively new. 
Um, it's by Ronnie Kurtz. Um, so uh, Ronnie wrote this book, Fruitful Theology. And in Fruitful Theology, he talks about kind of what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, our theological pursuits, if you met people who are really gifted in theology, sometimes they're not as gifted in showing grace to others mm. or in being kind. Yeah. Um, so he makes the case that theology should produce the spiritual fruits. Mm. And I'm going to make the case as well that, yeah, it's a theological pursuit. It is. Um, but what it, what the people are needing is theology with some meat on it, mm. you know, with some living underneath it. Mm. Um, so I'm less concerned with, with like an old older lady who um, is like re- really has uh, has no theological background. I'm less concerned about that than I am with her behavior, her life yeah. situation, um, where how she's kind of done financially in her life, things like that. Um, we want we, we what we're looking for is people who are living the fruit of the spirit. You know, and then we can add theology to that. And in fact, we should add theology to that. So is it a theological endeavor? Yeah, it is. It is. But so is sweeping your floor. And we just don't think of it like that. We should. We should. Um, But I commend to you fruitful theology if you want. Um, Who's the who's the author? Ronnie Kurtz. Hmm. Yeah, very good. It's it's wonderful. Oh, and discipling is by Mark Dever. We didn't say that. Um, another, a lot of times when people are talking about discipling, they're talking about the disciplines, Hmm. right? So let's, let's dig into that. Um, the disciplines are like prayer, Bible reading, things like that. And there's a wonderful book by Donald Whitney called spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Um, again, I commend that to you. Um, Donald Whitney does an excellent job uncovering um, how to systematically work on your spiritual life through the spiritual disciplines. But what's cool about it, as well as the discipling books we talked about and fruitful theology, is it's not rocket science. Hmm. It's not rocket science. They're, it's really, really simple. The things that he tells you to do are things that you're like, well, duh, why didn't I do that before? And that's the kind of stuff I think we are should be aiming at in our discipleship relationships hmm. is – um, unveiling just regular everyday things. I guess what I expected from whenever, okay. So I had a, I had a mentor in, in high school, shout out to Mr. Nelson. He's <laughs> wonderful. Um, uh, I guess what I kind of expected out of that was like ground breaking earth shattering, you know, um, Oh, here's how I pray. And then my whole life would be changed. That's not what I got, but that's not what I needed. What I needed was regular everyday praying, regular everyday stuff. And I think, um, yeah, we get, we get this just like with finances and everything else. We think of it like instant gratification wise. Mm. I want it done now. I want to do something immediately and change my whole life in two seconds. And it doesn't work I that can't way. I all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 but it doesn't work that way. Mm. Life, life is not like that. Life is slow. Um, when you're in it, it's fast on the other side, but (laughs) it's slow when you're in it. And so I think we need to learn to do the disciplines and yeah, it's not, it's not exciting. 
you know, getting on your knees and praying, reading five chapters of the Bible to make it through in a year, you know, mm. <laughs> those things, yeah, they're, they're not exciting mm. at first glance, but they are whenever you add them all together for yeah. many, many, many days. And I, I saw a quote, and I, that's what I was, I was pulling it up, yeah, you're good. Um, by Alistair Begg. And it, it reminds me so much of kind of what you've been telling me for so long. But mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to like this. You probably heard it. Mm-hmm. But he says, the average routine activities of life might be seen to be the very things that bring glory to God and set forward his purposes. Yep. And I read that over and over and over again, because for me, it's always been something well, you need to do something really big because like, how, how, what are you doing, right. you know, with your life right now? Like you got to do something big. Um, but you know, after you told me several times, you got to be faithful in little things, faithful mm-hmm. in little things. And then I saw that and I was like, yeah, I think it finally really, really clicked. Yeah. Well, Beg just says it in a way better way than I would, but he's right. The, the small mundane things are far more important than the big things. Far more important because when you get to the big decisions of life, if you haven't made consistent, faithful decisions in the little things, how can you be expected to be able to make them in the big things? Like the 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 parable that Jesus gave about you know uh, when he left the money with the people, he was like, "Whoever has much, more Mm -hmm. will be given, but whoever has little, what what little he has will be taken from him." That's right. Yeah, and we need we need to be we need to take that seriously. Um, so the way we do that is, yeah, everyday, mundane, repetitive, and sometimes boring, and sometimes I don't want to do it. Um, Most days, but when we do it, when we're consistent, when we're faithful to what God has called us to do, and we do it for the right for the right reasons, typically, yeah, it will it will be multiplied, and then when you bump into those big life decisions they're well they're way easier Mm. because the trajectory of my life you know Mm. is well that's the next thing it's it's easy um so let's talk about specific disciplines Uh, prayer i have some stuff on prayer um this one's called praying the bible it's also by donald whitney um it's it's about praying the the bible (laughs) That's a title. Um, (laughs) uh, So praying the Bible, uh, I think a lot of Baptists um, are afraid of repeating prayers. I was for a long time. Yeah, you don't need to be afraid of that. Because it's the same thing. Mundane, everyday, repetitive, do that. It will help you. It's good for you. Um, So the rote prayers, the written down prayers, and then praying out of the Bible, specifically the Psalms in particular. Yes. Um, uh, This one, praying the Psalms is another one. It's really great. Um, but any, anything you can do to learn how to pray out of your Bible, to treat your Bible like a prayer book, you're, you're going to be leagues ahead of most people in prayer mm. because it teaches us to think biblically mm. and to respond to situations biblically. Um, for example, like let's say something really horrible happens, like your friend betrays you, bold-faced betrayal, and it costs you financially a lot. Well, guess what? There's Psalms about that. And David responds by saying, where are you, O God? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a biblical response. But I'm afraid. I, w- I was for years afraid to make a response like that. Afraid to say, where are you, O God? Mm. You know, 
because, oh, that's doubting. I'm just not going to deal with it. Well, that breeds more doubt. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't do that. You have to think biblically and respond biblically. And the, the Psalms in particular, but also the whole Bible, gives us the, the heart language to do that, to respond well. Also, it's, it's something really amazing because I've, I've been praying and reading through the Psalms a lot. But when whenever David starts with a where are you or how long will you, you know, this and that, as you continue to read on, you continue to see like the heart change from where he yeah. started. Like, where are you, God? How long will you let this go on to the end where he's praising the Lord? Because exactly. he knows that the Lord will never let him go and he holds him fast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the same vein. Pray big by. Alistair Begg. Begg. Yeah, we love Alistair Begg um, and all of his ministry um, at Truth for Life. So um, go check them out for sure. But in Pray Big, um, he talks about learning to pray like the Apostle Paul Hmm. by using model prayers in Paul's ministry. Uh, Really helpful. I would uh, commend it to you for learning to pray. Um, It's very short, too. You can see it. It's really, really tiny. Worth a read. The type's big. Come ask me for it. You can you can borrow it. Um, this one is a oddity. This book I'm getting ready to talk about. It's really weird, um, and it's strange. You can get it online. I don't remember how much it is, um, but you're not going to find it in a bookstore. Uh, so this is I'm going to tell you about it, and it's I, we have to talk about it on the podcast because it's so cool. Um, I love books, as you know. This is. Uh, you know about the Anglican Book of Common Prayer? You know mm-hmm. that? Um, and we don't really use a prayer book in the, the Baptist life. But it would be helpful if we had one every now and then. And this one is called A Book of Prayer for Baptists. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a They took the Book of Common Prayer and they baptized it. Uh, <laughs> got it a little wet. No, it's not really wet. But it's uh, it's got a, a nice little... Baptist catechism that's aligned with the Baptist faith and message. Mm. Um, it's got ways to like think about a Bible study, mm. to run a Bible study or a prayer meeting. It's got responsive readings of the Psalms, mm. um, all the Psalms. It's got it's full of stuff. Okay, it's got famous historical prayers. It's just it's a wealth of information. Mm. Um, and if I remember correctly, it wasn't all that much. And it's connected to our church in a weird way. So I'm going to tell you, uh, Greg Morrow, who was, um, an interim pastor here, his son, Patrick Morrow, uh, was helped write this. Um, Oh wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a decent little book. Uh, came out in 2020. It's yeah, it's really good. Come ask me to look at it. It's again, you might not want it on your shelf. I don't know. It's beautiful. I love it. But very nice cover. I use it quite a bit. But if you're like if you're like me and you want it, go buy it, put it on your shelf. But if you're not like me and you just want to look at it, come ask me for it. You can you can loan I'll loan it to you. Um but yeah, that's stuff on prayer in particular. We could also talk about how to read your Bible. We've done that a little bit. We could mm-hmm. talk about how to attend the sermons or attend the church the church services. That's also disciplines, right? Um, small groups where you fellowship with others. I'm going to one of the things Donald Whitney missed in his book, I think, is that there's fellowship is a discipline. Mm. It takes effort. Yes, <laughs> it yes. takes a lot of effort, and it needs to be prioritized. Okay. 
Um, so discipleship relationships are fellowship relationships. They take, they take effort. So it's a discipline. But the last one I'm going to talk about, what I think is one of the biggest discipleship methods in our church. It's not the Sunday school. It's not the S and T's. It's not the, um, it's, it's not the small groups. It's going to surprise you probably. It's I mean, you see my books here. <laughs> it's not the podcast either, oh, even though I love the podcast. Um, you see my books, but so you, I've given it away to you. <laughs> but our podcast listeners won't know that the most important discipleship um, uh, function of our church, or one of them, is the corporate worship. It's when we worship together and sing songs together. That's straight out of the Bible. I mean, I'm not I'm not making that up. In Colossians 3, it says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. Well, that's the Bible changing my heart. As you do what? Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. Okay? The singing of the church is the discipleship of the church. It is a discipleship relationship. It's um, ha- one of the main ways where we t- train up our hearts to think certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. I think in song lyrics. <laughs> not everybody does but the song lyrics do stick better than just like a paragraph of text right we learn stuff through singing um singing is a teaching technique now i taught music okay so maybe i think weird about this as a music educator a former music educator but as and as a worship pastor <laughs> but i think it's such a crucial aspect of our discipleship that i'm going to commend some books to you uh, the first one is corporate worship it says, How the Church Gathers as God's People. It's by Matt Merker, who's written several of the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. And it's from the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches series. Hooray! <laughs> um, it's it's uh, uh, one of the newer ones, um, but it also is, is quite, it's quite good. Um, mm-hmm. I would say just even, let me open it to the table of contents. Um, what should we do when we gather in, for, in chapter 4? is amazing and chapter seven how does the whole church participate in congregational singing Mm. we're required to sing together that's what the bible teaches us about so i hear a lot of people who will say oh my voice is not great so i don't sing very loud well maybe you don't sing loud but you need to be singing because the the words change your heart Mm. and your mind and they prepare us for for the uh the receipt of the sermon um and when we're all singing together, there's something spiritual about that. Mm. Um, and it's a discipline. So discipline yourself to be singing in the, in the worship service. And then the last one, I, I always commend this. If, a, if someone's wanting to lead worship or if they want to know more about worship, I give them this book. It worship is Matters. Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. Um, it goes into a lot of different things, but you'll see the subtitle leading others to encounter the greatness of God. Does that not sound exactly like discipleship relationships? Mm, Yeah. It, when on a Sunday morning, when I'm up on the stage leading in the music, this is how I'm thinking. I select the songs, we practice the songs, and then I say things about the songs to get your mind to think about certain things and to lead you along. Now, I can't get you any closer to God. Mm. I'm you're not your mediator. Can't do that. But one of the ways God has given us to be close to God is corporate worship. Mm. Okay? 
Um, and so our songs, the songs that we sing, the reason that we have to pick such quality songs and, and not other songs is because it's one of the most vital aspects of our discipleship um, and, and our growth as a church is singing together. Mm-hmm. So um, that's <laughs> those are the books I'm commending for you know, understanding more about discipleship. It's probably only about half of the ones I have on it. So come and ask if you want more to read on it. Um, we could go into things like um, uh, The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We could go into um, uh, The Great Omission, which talks about (laughs) how the church has failed to make disciples. Um, Various books on discipleship are some of the books that formed my life. Um, So I, I, I think... As a disciple, everybody who's listening to this podcast, if they're a Christian, is a disciple. Mm. And they're called to make disciples. It's not hard. It's just a matter of singing on during worship service, of engaging in the disciplines. Those two things aim at God, right? And then asking people to come alongside with you while you're doing your life. That's aiming at people. Um so that that's that's my short spiel on discipleship. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. And do you want to give them a sneak peek on what next episodes will be? Oh goodness! Well, after we finish the nine marks, the plan is to go into um, some of uh, my favorite big books that I've read, like some of the most important mm-hmm. books in my life. Um, and I th- I think we'll get a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. So if y'all are interested in seeing what Andrew thinks of his favorite books and how they influenced him, stay tuned. Andrew, thank you again for joining us. And everyone else, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time.